Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Gavin Emmett, and welcome to the BT Sport MotoGP podcast from the Sepang International Circuit in Malaysia. Here's how the MotoGP race was won. Andrea De Vizioso is the king of Malaysia here and to the delight of his team takes it over Valentino Rossi in second place. We wait for Jorge Lorenzo, the man who inherited third place. Well, I'm joined by those two men, Julian Ryder and Keith Hewan uh, for this chat and MotoGP's nearly man. Andrea De Vizioso finally, finally gets the victory we've all been expecting. A ninth winner of this remarkable 2016 season. And for Andrea De Vizioso, Keith, his second ever MotoGP win. But first since 2009, it's got to be some relief for him and for Ducati as well. Massive relief, I would think. Ducati obviously knew what they were doing when they signed him for, alongside Lorenzo. Was it for race winning or was it for backing Lorenzo up in a championship winning year as they see it next year in 2017? I think probably the latter. Uh, I still believe that Andrea Iannone had more potential later on, even though he's controversial. But I think they went with the softer option when it came to a rider for next year. But you wouldn't bet against a man like Davizioso in a situation like he was in. What I think was remarkable was the comments that Valentino made afterwards, and I think Jules and I discussed this quite a bit, was the fact that as the, as the track got slightly drier, the Yamaha couldn't use the front end quite as well. It was getting worse for him grip-wise, whereas it looked like it was getting better for the Ducati. Maybe them wings that they're going to lose next year <laughs> were a big advantage here in Malaysia. It's something we saw all weekend, wasn't it, Julian, that when the track went from fully wet into that towards the dry but you were in the mixed level there were a few issues there with tyres not getting the same grip out yeah the Dunlops as well as the Michelin seemed to find a problem there we'll need to talk to the tyre engineers a bit more about that because it's kind of count counterintuitive whether the rearwards weight bias of the Ducati helped not overload the front. Well, it, it just seemed to me, Davizioso, his lap times were actually quite consistent. It wasn't like he got any quicker at the end. He just managed to... It worked to, all he, the way. Exactly, yeah. whereas Rossi didn't feel he could push. But what about his performance, though, Davizioso? He stalked them, didn't he? He, he did. He sat behind and then made his move at the right time. He sat in third place, and we talked about that during commentary, that, that, that Davizioso was well-placed all the way through it. What my fear for Davizioso was, and it, as it turned out, it was unfounded, was that Valentino was an old master at snapping straight back. When say, the, No doubt about it, Ducati had the power to pass at any straight, but Valentino is an old hand at snapping straight back and not letting someone yep. like Davizioso get into his rhythm. But the mistake he made at turn one let Davizioso off the hook. Yeah, and as soon as Davizioso had a couple of straights without being impeded to unleash the Ducati on, there's the gap. 
And the fact that Andrea Noni did crash, does no, that play? No, no. I'm just thinking about Ducati and their decision of who they're keeping for next year. Look at where they are in the championship. Uh, Davizioso's in fifth and Yanone way down the order. Hang on a minute. Let's just consider this properly, shall we? The fact was, he, how long's he been off? That's his first race in how long? And he's four, injured. Four races. And he off. comes back and does that. And he's, he's a potential But potential he hasn't been there. Davizioso's someone who doesn't miss races. That's a fact. I can understand that. But at the end of the day, surely you're looking for race winner. They have obviously banked on Lorenzo mm. being their man for next year. Of course. And again, once again, Jorge has shown, and he was at the end of the day, he said he was lucky to finish third. And he was lucky. I'm really pleased. His speech at the end in Park Fermat, that was brilliant. Really honest, really upfront, really straightforward. Fact was, he considered himself to be lucky to finish yep. third. That doesn't bode well for next year. If that Ducati is, is difficult for him next year... I don't know where we're going with it. It'd be very, very interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see what Delinia and Lorenzo do over winter. Don't forget their previous with that wonderful 250 Aprilia, two championships together. There's got to be some, uh, some interesting moves. But he was in sixth throughout the whole race. That's a lot better than the 14th, the 15th and beyond that we saw in yeah, other but, uh, wet races this season. No, I'm just wondering, is it rebuilding? Is, he, is that confidence coming back to him? Well, you've got to look at that yourself, haven't you, really? No. I, I mean, it might be coming back to him. It might still be there. I mean, the fact is we're in Malaysia where the, the tyre temperature yeah. is there all along. Uh, he, he should have the confidence in the front end here. I can understand it in Philip Island, the way he rides a motorbike and the fact that he doesn't get the heat in a Michelin. For sure, it's a Michelin thing that he's got at the moment. But, I mean, not being able to test. Yamaha have vetoed his test on that Ducati until next year when he's out of contract with Yamaha. He's allowed to have a little wobble round for six hours on, on Valencia test after the Ricardo Tormo meeting in two weeks' time. But... Yeah, you know, there's so much work that they've got to do with Jorge Lorenzo. And if they are not lucky enough to hit a sweet spot, sure, they've got a plan. Sure, they've got stuff up their sleeve already waiting for Lorenzo. But if they do not hit a sweet spot early on, he's not a, a potential world champion on a Ducati next year. But they not the first year, no. They won't have a runner-up either because Valentino Rossi sealed second place <laughs> in the championship. But however confused Jorge Lorenzo might have been about that... Um, we asked, obviously, Valentino Rossi about that. We'll hear his interview in a second. He said it did matter to take uh, second place ahead of his teammate. But you got the feeling, didn't you, today, that Rossi felt he sh possibly should have won it and things, yeah. technical things were in his way? My, my feeling has always been that Valentino will, of course, say, yes, I want to beat Lorenzo. Of course, I'd rather be second in the championship. But what he really wants to do is win a couple of races that are left this year. He was unlucky today, really, with that. The way things panned out for so many different people. I mean, some Cal Crutchlow's luck ran out again. He tried as hard as he could. Iannone, you've already spoken about. But once again, Mark Marquez, two on the trot now. He's chucked it up the street. Mm -hmm. You know, so luck, yeah, it comes into it. But at the end of the day... The two fast Hondas, both, again, on the floor. And you always think, have we found another... Element to the Honda problem. We have had a unique year. I cannot remember a year where we've had so many variable conditions on what is brand new tyres, brand new electronics. These guys are all discovering the boundaries of all that, all those parameters. And I mean, I've, we've never quite seen a meeting. Yeah, it rains here every time. But the way this brand new track surface is shaping up, yep. the way that it, it seems to have more grip fully wet than it does when it's half wet, very, very tricky for people to get their heads around so quickly. And we can't criticise Cal too much, can we, for slipping out today, especially after having delivered a win last time out. Yeah, but he, the trouble he, is now expectation is so high. Yeah. We're expecting them. <laughs> but he did well, didn't he, in the first place to even get up to fifth in the grid, uh, picking the bike, a bent bike up from the gravel to, to put it on the second well, row. We always know Cal can do that. He can always give you one lap for your life. He's the modern-day Loris Caparossi. If you had to bet the mortgage on one bloke for one lap, 
in a nowadays big Al Crutchlow. He just didn't get his momentum. You no. know, it's all about rhythm in yeah. situations yeah. like this wet weather. It's about finding the rhythm. You're chasing the track all the time. It's finding the rhythm, those little degrees of advantage, and Cal just didn't quite get going. Yeah, he was mired back with Lorenzo. He got past him and started to come across the gap and then crashed, so... You, yeah, that backs up what you say. And, and Marcus will be relieved he wrapped you up in Japan now, won't he, with two DNFs in the last two? Yeah, he's had a sick weekend, quite literally, hasn't he? I mean, we don't know really to the degree that he has been ill. I mean, to, mm. to, to really miss effectively a couple of days or feeling not himself for two days and then having yeah. a race in them conditions, pretty tricky. He didn't look the best, actually, before the race. He looked, looked a bit a peaky, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, did. looked a little bit white. Right, let's uh, hear from the men who finished on the podium today. Andrea Davizioso, Valentino Rossi and Jorge Lorenzo. Yeah, Andrea, congratulations on that second victory, but more than anything, your first of this season. Show me your hands, first of all. Look at the state of this. We know that you fight so much with that uh, Ducati bike over this season. And towards the end of that race, Valentino just then saying he had some tyre problems. You didn't seem to have any. Tell us how you managed to get through to the end. Well, well uh, the reality is I have a, a small problem from the first lap uh, in the, on the right when I make a maximum angle, and I was very scared about that, but it didn't, didn't become worse, so... Everything was good, and uh, my bike my bike was work uh, very well. Um, I couldn't re be really the fastest, but I was able to keep the same speed from the beginning to the end. Well, uh, the last the last victory it was 2009, and uh, uh, takes too many years. But now, when you feel uh, that uh, that the feeling when you win. Uh, all the negative things happened during the years uh, go away and I'm so happy, so happy with, for Ducati because in the last four years we struggled a lot, but now we come back uh, really strong and we want to fight for the championship in the future, so really happy and thank you to everybody because uh, we fight a lot. But um, now the, the good feeling is even better. We can sense that. We can tell that emotion from you. And you've been the one chosen to stay at Ducati for next year alongside Jorge Lorenzo. Did you feel it was important to get a victory for them this year to justify that? Well, for me, no. For this world, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the reality. Because for me, the victory is always very important for everybody, also for me. But that doesn't affect the championship. We have to be com competitive every race to fight for the championship. If you win one race, it's always something very important, but doesn't mean you are competitive to fight for the, for the championship, and we are here for that. So for me, it's it was really important to come back also because there was a lot of uh, victory. You see, the, the, a lot of victory, but uh, I'm happy this happened because... Uh, for everybody, they didn't, uh, they can't speak uh, in a bad way to me. And I just wondered how it has felt to watch eight others win this year and you not be there. We've been talking about it so long that you're going to be the ninth. You are the ninth winner <laughs> this season. Has it been hard to watch? Yeah, yes. And uh, especially I knew I didn't have a lot of chance during the years uh, to, to, to try to win the, the race because in the dry, uh, normally we don't have a lot of chance to, to win a part of Austria, so in the wet we are very competitive. Uh, so I didn't thought really to win at the, until at the end of the season, but I always try. And uh, yesterday I did a perfect qualifying and today a perfect race. There's a lot of people at the Ducati happy, but I'll tell you, a lot of the paddock 
A lot of people in the paddock and a lot of people around the world happy to see you win again, Andrea. Congratulations. Well done, Dominic. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think it's important to do that as well. After second place today, I'm sure you'd have loved the victory. That crowd would definitely, it was like a football crowd out there today. But you said you were suffering a few tyre problems towards the end of the race. You explained there. What did that feel like? Yeah, you know, my first target of today uh, was try to arrive in front of, uh, of Orge for the second place. Uh, but uh, I want to also try to win because uh, I feel very good with the bike uh, from the beginning. Uh, but I have to fight a lot with Janone and also Janone was, uh, was fast. And after when I, when I go in front, I was very optimistic. Mm. But when the, when, the, when the water on the, on the, on the, on the track coming less yeah. and, and the temperature coming high, I, I, I was a bit in trouble with the tires, especially with the front. I had two moments, uh, I risked too much, I did a mistake, yeah. and in that moment Dovizioso was too fast and, uh, and he go. By my calculations, you are second in the championship, that much yeah. is confirmed now. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah, know if Jorge wasn't sure I'm about not, I'm not also very far from Marcus, eh? Okay. I'm just 42, eh? Okay, yeah, uh, so good. we can good arrive. Good. Eh? If we, we had another arrive. race, maybe <laughs> at the end of the week, we cleared the test. We need, we need to have the, 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 the race with the double point, like in Formula One. <laughs> yeah, <maybe. laughs> what a silly idea that would be, uh, Valentino. But does it matter? Does it mean anything to you? Yeah, it's important because uh, you know uh, the the battle with uh, with with Lorenzo is always uh, very very high. We always arrive at the last race, uh, and uh, when when you beat a rider very strong like like Jorge, is is great, is good. Uh, at the end it was uh, was was a good season anyway, uh, and uh, I want to try also to win, but it was wasn't was impossible. Valentino, thank you so much. Yes. Congratulations, well done on second, and well done on second in the championship. Thank you. Ciao. Well, Jorge, you said you were lucky there to take third place, but everyone always says you have to finish the race first to ever take that look as well. What's it been like to rediscover a bit of confidence in the wet and the Michelins? Yeah, that's true, especially on wet race, you have to finish the race, as you said. And normally in MotoGP there are not so many crashes, but today, you know, especially in the first, in the first group, has been uh, many crashes with Janone, Cruz, Kraslov uh, and, and Marquez, and I've been lucky that uh, all, all these crashes were in front of me. So give me this third place. Uh, I didn't have the same feeling than, than in the qualifying because it was slightly more water on the track. And uh, in some breakings I couldn't stop the bike, in two or three breakings. And also in the middle of the corner I, I didn't have the same grip, the same confidence. So little by little I have to let, let, them, let them go and, and just uh, be happy with this, this uh, position. You can't take second in the championship now, but we go to Valencia now. Home race, special for you as well. Having won championship there in the past, are you looking forward still, to that? Still, I can, still I can, because I'm 19 points behind behind uh, Rossi, but very difficult, no? Uh, Rossi must crash, and I have to, to win the race or finish in second, so it's, it's complicated. The more realistic is try to to be safe in this third place, uh, and let's see the weather if uh, uh, help to, to to be more more safe and to to ride uh, in the best way. And your last race with Yamaha, of course. Are you looking yes, forward to it? What's uh, the feeling? What was will be very emotional. Will be very emotional because uh, eight nine years has been a lot of time, and a lot of uh, for sure in the in the last laps of the race. If I can, if I can finish, uh, I will have a lot of lot of remembers and a lot of thoughts. But anyway, uh, life is like that, and uh, let's try to finish in the best way. Good to see you back on the podium in the wet, Jorge. Well done. Thank you. It's Johan Zarco, sixth win of the year and a fine style. The world champion retains his title here in Malaysia. He is Moto2 world champion for the second time. The only man to have defended a Moto2 world title. And in second place, Morbidelli and Volga have come across the line.
a double world champion at Moto2, Johan Zarco celebrates. He goes up to MotoGP next year as a world champion. That's, That's the way to move both. So, Joan Zarco is the Moto2 champion. Uh, he made a bit of a meal of it, didn't he? But the first man to retain the title in the end, and doing it a race early, can't mean too bad, but a, a few bit, nerves creeping in. Bit of a meal of it, you know, earlier on, but uh, this meeting he's been imperious. I mean, there has never been anybody that set a pole time in the intermediate class 250s or Moto2 that was bigger. 2.2 seconds back to the second qualifier. Yeah, but no one has ever, ever done that. There's never been that big a gap. Biggest gap we could run is about 1.3 seconds. That was um, going back to Kato. Go to Kato, wasn't it, yeah. in, uh, in Japan? But it's a situation where he stamped his, stamped his name all over it straight away. And then in the race, I thought he was in a perfect position for just taking it, cruising away, no drama at all. But he obviously had so much pace in hand, he felt he had to go out and do it in style, but and didn't he? All champions, that's what they want, to take the title with a win. Absolutely. Just not the same in second place, is first, it? First man to defend a Moto2 title, first Frenchman to win more than one world title. So we were talking this year, we've been talking about having a few doubts about him going up into MotoGP and what he might be capable of. Going up as a double world champion, well, the last person to do that was Jorge Lorenzo. Before that, it was Danny Pedrosa. Yeah. Has he got a bright future in MotoGP ahead of him? Well, we're going to find out, aren't we? At the end of the day, going up as a, as a double world champion for Hervé Poncherol, I'm looking more at the business angle of this. Tech 3, they need somebody to hang a tag on. When he goes up there, sponsorship already, all the deals that Hervé's doing in the winter are going to come to fruition. We've got a double world champion. We've got Folger who's coming in as well, looks quite quick. So he's it's, it's with the right team. I just think Speaker, French speaker in a French-speaking team, Hervé Poncherol managing it. Uh, I think the whole thing is going to work really well for him. And it won't be fair if Franco Morbidelli doesn't win a race uh, or win the last race of the season in Valencia, uh, would it? Four, Not when we've had uh, seven different winners this year. Four rostrums on the bounce leading up to this race, three of them with the fastest lap. And if there was a Tour de France-style prize for aggressivity, <laughs> the most aggressive rider it would have gone to Morbidelli most weekends but you've got to say Zarco quality oh. ending I love the double celebration brought yeah, in his doppelganger yep. and jumped I mean that to celebrate and the first man to do it what a fantastic way to finish the day for him I just want to mention the Brits uh, briefly Sam Lowe's is by our calculations 30th crash of the season I don't think I, I look at those stats a lot of people crashing out I think that's a record from what I've seen over the last few years. Um, and he's still got a meeting yet. And we've still got Valencia to go for Sam. Where's he gone wrong, do we reckon? Trying to force it to fit, I think, yeah. with Sam. He doesn't pick up that rhythm that I keep talking about. Moto3, Moto2, MotoGP, they have all become incredibly close classes where incremental improvement is the key to it. Every mechanic you speak to, every rider you speak to that's in the top class always turned around and said it's incremental improvement. You cannot any longer take a yard out of a corner if you feel you're a bit behind. You cannot accelerate half a yard earlier out of a corner. Everyone's doing it. They're all on the limit. And Sam just sometimes pushes that fraction too hard. It's like he gets frustrated to go it's, fast. It's, it's almost like he's prioritising that one quick lap for a grid position above finding the pace, finding the rhythm. But we still think he's got it for MotoGP, do we? 
Yeah, I, I do. Hope I, so. I, 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 no, I do. I think Sam has got it. I think he needs the winter to reset. I think mm. he needs some testing on that Aprilia. Maybe that's what's taken his eye off the yeah, Moto2 ball. Possibly. You know, it, it's, I think Sam Lowe's is a good rider, a very good rider. Uh, he's still got to prove a lot. But that Aprilia, as we saw today, another equal uh, best performance for Alvaro Batista. Seventh place again. Yeah, that's just going to show you that the Aprilia is coming on leaps and bounds now towards the end of the year. And just what about Danny Kent? Quick word about him. Uh, he's fallen out pretty much now. Doesn't really talk to his chief engineer, Peter Baum, who the, he won the world title with. Uh, just doesn't seem... Seems like he needs the season to end now. Doesn't Danny have that form, though? With people he's worked with, doesn't I seem to remember there was a situation with PR and and team previously. He's, I'm never quite sure what to make of of these issues around Danny. I'm I'm really not. But it's uh, it's the bloke who took you to a world title. We're talking about. Yeah, there's something not quite right there, is there? And and he almost you feel like like you said about Sam Lowe's needs time, needs some time away. Reset. Yeah. He might like get it. less time, though, at the end of the day. He's still got to get on and do it mm. again. I mean, that, that world title might just drift into the background. Um, he's got to reset and move forward. And move forward with the suitor, which is another thing we'll talk about in the future, I'm sure. Let's hear from um, double Moto2 world champion, Joanne Zarco. And he's fresh out of the rain. I don't know whether that's rain or champagne that he's on there, but it doesn't matter to you, does it, Joanne? Twice a world champion. Congratulations. But... How much did you want to do that in style by winning today? It's been difficult all the season and this race. Finally, maybe it was good for me to have the rain. And uh, it was quite a lot of water on the track beginning of the race. And uh, I was not the fastest, but I was quite happy to, to follow well uh, Moby Daly because I expect Folger stronger, but he, he struggled also a little bit with a lot of water. But it looks also it was more slippery than, than yesterday. So um, I could really manage well. I knew that I could be champion even second and the track was getting dry step by lap after lap and uh, this makes me always a better feeling and when Jonas was coming back I felt comfortable enough to to overtook um, um, to overtake um, Franco and, and go away so with my line was I was faster faster and it has been fantastic so was just fantastic race and uh, so happy to win. It was really, really high emotion. I usually don't cry, but I had to cry a little bit. And uh, now this emotion is down and I feel much better. I'm enjoying a lot. And it's also first time that we are not hot after a Malaysian race. It was uh, so crazy, this rain on the podium. But so, so good, so good, so good. You don't need to worry about the tears. It's raining so much. We can't tell anyway. Not that it would matter anyway, uh, Johan. Has this championship been harder than last year? I think so. But we say always the second one is maybe harder. But we have to remember also that the first one, it's after many years. So during many years, you, you trust that you can be champion. But sometimes you, you are wondering if you can be champion, if you can win races so maybe it's harder to get the first one but last year i remember uh, that i had big advantage and every races i was taking advantage on the second this year it was different and uh, we had really big pressure uh, at the end with uh, luti and rins and i'm pretty happy that <laughs> it's down now i will really enjoy valencia and can you think about motor gp now because you haven't let yourself all year I can think about MotoGP for sure, and um, will be nice to be with this Yamaha bike on the fresh team for 2017. Joan you are a double Moto2 world champion. Congratulations, well done. Thank you.
Oh, red flag. We've got a red flag. Now, I'm not happy to see that, and I have no, no idea why we have a red flag, but that will mean somebody is recovering something from in the middle That's of the Maria's track. That's Maria's bike. Yeah, and Maria's OK. That's good to see as well. That will be, with 15 laps of 18 done, that'll be a result, Jules. Uh, so Two-thirds distance. Bangnaya and Ben Schneider and Cornfile. And what a wheelie <laughs> from a 250cc single-cylinder motorcycle. That is the wheelie of the week. Wheelie of the year from Beko Bagnaya. Well, 31 riders started, only 17 finished it. Uh, three of those who crashed rejoined the race, if those maths uh, don't add up for you just quite. Um, what went on in Moto3? Uh, race direction went on in Moto3. Um, got to ask yourself the question. They've got to ask themselves the question, and they will be looking at it. Uh, in commentary, I know that, that Moto3 has been a very difficult class to judge this weekend from us in a commentary position. We've made predictions, we've made calls, we've made suggestions. Near enough, every single one of them has turned out to be wrong. So I absolutely sympathise with race direction. Um, but the call that should have been made when so many riders were going down on those places that were obviously... Slip. When you have multiple crashes, a red flag really is a precautionary thing. Let's take a look at what's gone wrong and then a restart. Would have given a lot of people an opportunity to investigate. Um, not all of them are for the same reason. And like I've just said, Race Direction will be analysing what went on and whether they made a mistake. Mm. Um, there's no doubt about it. They look inwardly, they'll look outwardly, they will work on it and they will work it out. Yeah. Becca Vignaya, second victory of the I'm season. I understand he had a bit of a bet with the uh, Aspar team that if he took two wins this year, he gets to try their Ducati after the uh, end of season in Valencia. I so he's won it. I am so impressed. I'm, I'm a fan of Becca Vignaya, as everybody knows, who's lent an ear to my ravings about the bloke uh, recently. And good on the Aspar team for giving him a, a reward. Well, for me, it's Mahindra that gets the big up. Yes. You know, that Mahindra in Phillip Island and here in, in difficult conditions has looked like a motorcycle that you would love to ride. I mean, we talked about the Suzuki and MotoGP like that. It certainly looks to me like the Mahindra's the one. It, it's a situation where the manufacturers, you know, all the Hondas were fully sold out, all the KTMs are fully sold out. The third bike that you would choose if you couldn't get one of the others was a Mahindra. Yep. Well, they might have you fooled next year. It might be the Mahindra, might be the bike of 2017. We have a Mahindra lying third in the world championship now with Peko Banyaya. Yeah, it says the a KTM's lot about... KTM's won it and Honda's second. It says a lot about both parties, isn't it? The bike and the rider as well, of course. We knew no moves up to Moto2 uh, next year. Uh, just a quick question. You won't talk about race direction there. Where was the red flag? Should it have been out? In red Moto3. Red, what yeah. you have to remember is race direction have more information than we have. They have corner information. They have sector information. They have, you know, they're looking at the cameras all the time to see what's going on. Um, from my own personal opinion in commentary, I said yes. There should. I, I expected a red flag. I expected to well, see I a red flag. I think we both did. Um, there were four guys down in the same, oh, having the same crash. Basically, that does tell you there's something down. Race Direction said there was an oil flag out on that corner. Sorry, well, a re reduced adhesion. Which might be the same thing in this circumstance. We don't know because that indeed, hasn't been proved yet. Indeed. But the, the, I think the, the significant part was Bang Nair at the end when, when you asked him, I think, Gav, whether there should have been a red flag. And he said, well, I think so, but I'm glad there wasn't, yeah. effectively, yeah. which yeah. I thought was We're quite remarkably funny. Remarkably honest of a bloke who's just won a Grand Prix. Yeah, who can blame him uh, with Jakob Kornfile and Ben Snyder on the podium alongside him. Three very happy men on the MotoGP podium. Well, that's it uh, from the three flyaway rounds. We'll be back in two weeks' time at the final round of the year in Valencia. We'll see you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.